Big news in special counsel Jack Smith's criminal case against Donald Trump in federal court in Florida for willful retention of national defense information at Mar-a-Lago. First, federal judge Eileen Cannon has ordered Trump's lawyers be ready to discuss an actual trial date for the criminal case at one of the first big hearings, which is now set for Tuesday, July 18th. None of this, hey, let's just see what happens after the November 2024 election. Second, special counsel Jack Smith turned in his second tranche of discovery documents in the criminal case over to Trump's lawyers adding to the more than 800,000 documents already produced a few a few weeks earlier in the first tranche and third special counsel jack smith filed a motion for protective order regarding the classified documents uh, informing the judge that trump's lawyers said that they're going to be objecting to some portion of the protective order but then trump's lawyers essentially ghosted jack smith jack ain't taking smack and he ain't taking delay from trump's team we'll discuss also in breaking news the georgia supreme court denied a very bizarre and totally frivolous petition filed by donald trump directly with the supreme court instead of you know going through like normal court procedures about how cases get filed in a trial court that work its way up to an appellate court before the supreme court can decide if it wants to hear a case trump's so-called original petition with the georgia supreme court asked them to remove the fulton county district attorney from pursuing criminal charges against donald trump and to quash or basically destroy the report and recommendations made by the previous Fulton County special grand jury that was investigating Trump's crimes. The Georgia Supreme Court had no chill, and I love it. It issued a two-word order, (laughs) petition dismissed. (laughs) That's it. No order, petition dismissed, signed by all justices. Basically, just get out of here, chump. Also, MAGA Republicans (laughs) met at the Palm Beach Convention Center in Florida for the Turning Point Action Conference. Turning Point USA, that group founded by Charlie Kirk, is now basically the biggest Republican group out there. It's crazy to say now that MAGA has taken over the party, it's essentially replaced the RNC. In fact, they took a straw poll at the end of the convention saying everybody wants to just totally defund the RNC. So what went down at this conference? Well, you had Don Jr. saying he doesn't do cocaine because that's somehow uh, important to the American people. Lauren Boebert saying that she is a rhino hunter because... What are you even talking about? Marjorie Taylor Greene saying it's a bad thing that President Biden is like President Lyndon B. Johnson. Ted Cruz saying the Barbie movie is a communist Chinese plot because of some map that was up there about Barbie land and Trump making up fake conversations that never happened between himself and Vladimir Putin. 
I mean, such a sad state of affairs for the Republican Party on full display at that conference, in Congress, and just throughout the country. And finally, let's talk about some of the success in the Biden administration. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, an excellent messenger discussing the economy, job growth, infrastructure projects, low unemployment, and more over the weekend. We've got a great episode for all of you, Midas Mighty Brett and Jordy. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. It's always great to see you, brothers. Great to see the Midas Mighty. Always a pleasure to be here every week. Every week, I think. Can these people get weirder? Can they get more weirder, crueler, more strange? And every single week they do. They get they, they sink deeper and deeper and deeper. This convention that happened over the weekend, one of the most bizarre things that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And Donald Trump there also just so incredibly whiny. All the guy does now is just whine and complain and, uh, woe is me. Oh, no, they're coming after me. I, I can't even fathom paying a penny to see this guy just like whine at me. The whole party is completely destroyed. The whole party is completely Done. deranged. I mean, we're going to show you these clips and it comes from utter desperation though. I think that's what everyone needs to realize. What we are seeing are the last gasps of a dying political movement. And it is our job to usher in an era of normalcy. And finally, once and for all, silence these people. And I am looking forward to exposing it all on this show today. Jordy, looking good today. How are you? What do you mean looking good today? Like the way I, you I mean, phrased look, that was a little bit of weird. I mean, you're looking good every day, but you're looking especially good I'm doing good. Right good. I'm just messing with you, take, big bro. Take, I can't wait to- It's Monday. It's, it's Monday. It's my favorite day of the week. What do you, I, I love show days. I Monday, love hanging with the brothers. Monday, your favorite day? When we get to do the show with the Midas oh, Mighty, see, absolutely. Are you kidding? Uh, and just so people know, so, so the brothers and I, we get on about, call it 10, 10, a good 10 minutes before the show. We go over, we're like, okay, here are the beats that we're going to hit. The brothers threw out a, a challenge to me tonight. They said, you know, we have these great emoticons that we use for YouTube. We should do one. And then they said, but Jordy, uh, who should go? Why don't we should do one for you? And I said, well, fine. We could do a Jordy emoticon. That would be really great. And then Ben and Brett said, well, how about we do this? If we get 40 new memberships, we release the Jordy emoticon tonight. Oh. So you could become a member of the YouTube community by hitting that little dollar sign. It helps fund the network. And also it would prove to the brothers that there's enough Midas Mighty love and support to get that Jordy emoticon out there and being used for all the members. So what do you guys say to that? I will see. I like it. I like it. Emoticon versus emoji. What's the distinction between emoticon versus emoji? Do you know? Yeah, just the year. I think. I think it's more, 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 more of the year that you were born is what you decide to. Oh, we are getting new members. It's working, guys. It's we're gonna hit that forty tonight. We're gonna hit the forty. We, we, we honestly, we may hit it in the next like few seconds. I think an emoticon is an emoji with no chill. 
Ben, to put it in your to put yeah, it in your lingo. Cool, cool so words, Ben. Just cool, like cool. The, the Georgia Supreme. Uh, that's how we describe it here on the Midas Touch Network. How was the Georgia Supreme yeah. Court ruling rejecting Donald Trump's frivolous petition? Well, Ben Micellis said, "No chill." Okay, well, what does that mean? The petition was denied. <laughs> so that's just <laughs> that. That's just a Midas Touch parlance. But look, the most important thing, <laughs> the most important thing that we do here, though, is expose it, whether it's frivolous filings or extremism that has taken over the Republican Party. And wow, was that on full display at this turning point conference held at the Palm Beach Convention Center. This was some of the most deranged stuff, but this is mainstream Republicanism today. It's Republican equals Trumpism right now, fascism plus idiocracy. And I, I just want to get right into it right away. So one of the, the main things that they attack is the Republican Party because they are the Trump cult. And they make it very clear that they don't like the Republican Party. And what they are referring to is what they refer to as rhinos, Republican in name only. A lot of MAGA Republicans think that they're actually talking about rhinoceroses and they spell it like <laughs> – I, I kid you not. Donald Trump reposted somebody today on his social media platform. I'm doing a hit on it. And they're like, we hate rhinos, you know, and like they thought it was a rhinoceros. Um, and they're because they're just <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, because they're just be, well, you have to watch my hot take in the morning. I'm, I I'm, looking, for, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, look, look, look for it. He like uh, reposts one of these cult followers. I think like it's a cult follower named like Mary loves Jesus with the cross as the name that he reposts. But go and take a look at that. I very, may be off very, a little bit. They're, very, they're very, very confused. That's okay. <laughs> so let's start off. This is Charlie Kirk who hosts the event. Charlie Kirk is the one who wants to start his own university and school. He never went to college. Not that I have a problem with that, but he wants to start his own college. Um, and this is Charlie Kirk, who's like a major leader right now in the modern day Republican Party. And he's saying he's sick of what the Republicans have become. Play this clip. But if you're like me, I am sick of what the Republican Party has become in the last couple of years. Do you agree? They're all clapping and they're referring, though, to the rhinoceroses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because I want to be like, you know, he's right. <laughs> you know, like like and a lot of the statements they make, I'm like, you know, there's some there's actually some truth to that. I, too, am disappointed in the direction of the Republican. <laughs> the worst Party. person, you know, just made a great point. <laughs> How exactly put, put up the, put up the face. However, what you then have to do is go, oh, they live in a different version of reality. They live in pretend world. They live in the upside down for the Stranger Thing fans out there. They live in a world where no, where the sky is not blue. The sky is, I don't even know. And so once you realize that fact, you go, oh, he's not talking about. He's talking the, about rhinoceroses with zebra stripes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, Ben. That's what, that's, what he's, that's what he's referring to. Well, he's talking about a world where Marjorie Taylor Greene is giving a speech warning the audience that President Joe Biden is trying to finish what FDR started by trying to address problems related to, related to rural poverty, education, and medical care, and warning that it's similar to what President Lyndon B. Johnson did with Medicare and Medicaid. This is what they are talking about. They are attacking President Biden for 
pursuing initiatives like LBJ and FDR. Play the clip. Lyndon B. Johnson is very similar to Joe Biden. How are they the same? They're both Democrat socialists. Lyndon B. Johnson was the majority leader in the Senate. Does that sound familiar? He was vice president to Kennedy. Joe was vice president to Obama. He was appointed as the president after JFK was assassinated, then he was elected. His big socialist programs were the Great Society. The Great Society were big government programs to address education, medical care, urban problems, rural poverty, transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps, and welfare the Office of Economic Opportunity, and big labor and labor unions. Now, LBJ had the Great Society, but Joe Biden had Build Back Better, and he still is working on it. The largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started that LBJ expanded on, and Joe Biden is attempting to complete. Socialism. It's like a bad, it's like a bad third grade project. I thought Marjorie Taylor Greene was going to just pull out a diorama. Remember the diorama? <laughs> yeah. She was going to be like, and, oh, and ben, ben has it. Ben somehow pulled out a diorama. I don't know where. Oh, how did you have a diorama just yeah, on that's the base of a okay, diorama? First off, a fun fact about me. I freaking love making dioramas. You would be good at making dioramas. Shoebox Mm -hmm. dioramas in third grade. We should bring back dioramas though. It's like like she just was doing a fifth grade book report on who LBJ was and who FDR was. Like she didn't know who these people were. And then she attacked President Biden of some of the most transformative presidents who brought us the Civil Rights Act, who brought us Medicare and Medicaid, who tried to cure rural poverty, people who have monuments made of them in Washington, D.C. That's who she's saying are the bad guys. And you know who they say is the good guys? Richard Nixon. Like they're all about reviving the legacy of Richard Nixon. So here's what the White House wrote. The White House House posted. They go, you caught us there, Marjorie. Taylor Green, President Biden is working to make life easier for hardworking families. Let's make that diorama, Brett, eh? I would love to make a diorama. We got to bring him back, you know, in this tech age with cell phones and everything. They just the dioramas have gotten kind of brushed to the side. I think we need to take them more to the forefront. You're so right, though. Every time Marjorie Taylor Green reads uh, or every time she speaks about something in American history, it as if she had just read it for the first time and she just <laughs> learned these names. She just learned the name Lyndon B. Johnson. She like that was her first time ever hearing about this person ever. Right. <laughs> like like right before she read that, I have no doubt she had never heard of any of these policies beforehand. And the fact that she names them off, I mean, that is the perfect campaign ad, ironically, for right. President Biden right there. He wants to finish whenever FDR started. He cares about education. He cares about you getting medical care. Could you imagine somebody caring (laughs) about rural poverty? How dare you, Joe Biden? How dare you? Unbelievable levels of just narcissism, unbelievable levels of just having no clue whatsoever what the hell you are saying. And that was a gift, a gift delivered on a silver platter to President Biden right there. 
and, and he served it right back to her. Uh, didn't the White House have that amazing tweet today on top of all of this, Brett? I don't know if we have that here. But basically, uh, <laughs> I think Jordy got caught up because Jordy saw the emojis yeah, going up his face. You, you, you've been, look, you've been looking same. at the emojis, Jordy, yeah, and maybe yeah, you're Jordy, building a diorama. Did, we, we spoke about the White <laughs> did, did House. We we about sorry, it. sorry. I got really excited. Okay, for the audio listeners, we hit we hit the Jordy emoji in like the first five minutes. So, I, I yeah, admittedly, I was in the chat not listening to the brothers just now, yeah, but I'm so super stoked. That em- we hit, emoji you, Jordy. You, 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 you can rewind the episode back 60 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, but, is, yeah. but, but here it is. We covered it. But he, yeah, they served it up nice bad, in the y'all. White House, took it down. And and by the yeah. way, huge shout out to Brian Tyler Cohen. Brian Tyler Cohen, a YouTube powerhouse, now on MSNBC, by the way, getting the retweet here from the White House. Pretty cool stuff. BTC. I know we have a lot of BTC fans in the Midas Mighty and want to show BTC some love there. Very, very, very cool stuff. But it just show, it goes to show you how out of touch this Republican Party is, that the things that that they are railing against constantly are things that help people on a massive level. And she is hoisting these names up, these names that are like universally beloved figures in American history, some of the highest ranked presidents in all of American history. And she is holding that up as a negative, a negative comparison to President Biden. It makes zero sense whatsoever unless you live in the MAGA upside down universe. And this is a leader. And I'm using quotes here. This, this is a leader. This is someone who represents you, the American people. And so I know you guys goof on me. I won't say it, but I will say it. The compounding interest of craziness. These clips are absolutely insane. There's no other way to put it other than the fact that this person, they control what happens to you, your loved ones, your life, because they get to vote. And so that's why when you look at that clip, Share that clip because these people are out of their damn minds. I'm telling you. You know what I love about that clip, Jordy? Yeah. They served it right up to the White House and the White House had the best response. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Look, Kevin McCarthy, though, just said that Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of his most respected members in Congress. He said he appreciates her contributions the most. He just put Marjorie Taylor Greene on the very important Reconciliation Committee to deal with the National Defense Authorization Act. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who put in amendments, fortunately, we'll talk about more of them, but the amendment she put was voted down to remove the United States from NATO, to stop the United States from supplying weapons to Ukraine, to defund any efforts in Ukraine. This is who Kevin McCarthy put on the Reconciliation Committee that basically reconciles this extremist Republican bill where they put all of the these ridiculous amendments in the House of Representatives to reconcile it with the very normal Senate bill. Like she's going to be in a room with people like Chuck Schumer. She's going to be in a room with people like Dick Durbin. She presides over the House floor. She's presided consistently, Ben. Consistently. But, you know, this this is a very critical, you know, it's it's ceremony. Like it's a pain in the ass to see her there, um, but it's mostly ceremonial, but it's still obnoxious to have her there and disgrace the House floor. Putting her on this reconciliation committee to cause damage to our troops is freaking unforgivable to me. But let, yeah. Let's go down to more things that are unforgivable. This is Lauren Boebert. Um, you know, she does this thing where she like marches on the stage and she talks about 
being a professional rhino hunter. Uh, she, she loves hunting rhinoceros. Here, play this clip. Know that we have the power to unite and take everything back. Take it all back from the socialists and the communists and the dictators who want to destroy our country. And even in the beginning of this Congress, me and Osei, 19 of my friends and I, we even showed that we can take back our country from the D.C. establishment because we are professional rhino hunters. And uh, wow. And, and, and who she's referring to, though, in her MAGA language as the establishment are people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Kevin McCarthy by holding Kevin McCarthy up for 14 votes for the speakership. I want to show you now Don Jr. speaking because, of course, you need in MAGA world the president's son. Like, remember, like the Republican like uh, convention that was held where it was like all it was like the Kim Jong Un convention. It was like all Trump family members. Like yeah. that's what it's going to look like again if he gets the nomination uh, for the Republican Party. But this is Don Jr. That this is a critical thing he wanted to tell people that cocaine isn't his thing. Well, we know it's always projection and confession with MAGA Republicans play the clip. I get it. My guys, who I stayed in touch with, many of them just dear friends, they're like, hey, dude, there's no way you would have gotten away with that. I go, I know. Luckily, I don't snort all cocaine. Like, it's not my thing. I don't snort cocaine. Hold on. Hold, like, I don't hold snort on. it. Hold, 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 hold on. Hold on. What was the noise? What's the guttural noise he made right before he said cocaine? Could, could we listen to it one more time? Yeah, can you please play it back? Because I actually have a theory. Okay, you gotta listen. Listen to right before he says the word cocaine, the noise that he makes. I get it. My guys, who I stayed in touch with, many of them just dear friends, they're like, hey, dude, there's no way you would have gotten away with that. I go, I know. Luckily, I don't snort all cocaine. Like, it's not my thing. He's saying Adderall. He's saying he doesn't snort Adderall and he catches himself because <laughs> he probably think it does. Is? I think, so I don't, I, legally, legally, hypothesis theory here he's about to say i snort adderall which he likely does legally finding whatever and then he catches himself and says, i don't know okay. what kind of disclaimer that was jordy <laughs> ben that that well, doesn't cut it in the legal world doesn't cut it that didn't, that didn't, that didn't save me enough i'm gonna give a legally binding whatever just uh, you, your opinion is that's what he was going to say thank right? you yes my opinion is that he was leading with that he does not snort at cocaine. I don't know. That might be a generous interpretation. I I, I think that was maybe just an involuntary noise from all the cocaine that he snorts. <laughs> I, according to according to according, according to, to my your, opinion. According to your opinion, I mean, based we're all on my opinion, we're all, we're all, all entitled. There's a First Amendment. That, we could all have our opinions. Yeah, we have amendment. opinions. It's reflected by what we observe, but it's just opinions. Yeah. Um, let me show you. This is what an attendee said to. I think he said this to Ted Cruz when Ted Cruz was up there, and he was, and this attendee was saying that he's really tired that people aren't going to jail. But who he's referring to are people like Merrick Garland, people like Congress member Adam Schiff, and, and Democrats. That's who he's surprised isn't going to jail. And rather than Ted Cruz saying, okay, what are you talking about? Ted Cruz is like, yeah, I agree. The problem why we can't prosecute them is you see uh, President Biden controls the executive branch and therefore controls the Department of Justice. Play the clip. I am so tired of hearing we're going to hold them responsible. I want to know why, after six months, 
we can't put anybody in jail. It's a great question. Senator, we so, so, so Mike, thank you for that question. You are exactly right, and it is infuriating and frustrating. And I'll tell you, let me tell you why people haven't gone to jail. Because under our Constitution and the federal government, the only people who can bring a prosecution is the executive branch of the government, and in particular, the United States Department of Justice. That means no member of the legislature can bring an indictment, no member of the legislature can convene a grand jury, no member of the legislature can prosecute a case. Likewise, no member of the court, no judge can say, I'm going to prosecute someone. It is only the executive branch, and it is why it is such a tragic disaster that we have a Biden administration led by Merrick Garland, the most political attorney general in history, who refuses to enforce the law. That was, they said, they responded, they said, good question. It may be the dumbest question. <laughs> <Good> question. <laughs> Number one, it may be the worst question. And by the way, Ted Cruz went to Harvard Law. Like Ted Cruz knows better. He knows exactly what he is doing, and he is doing it specifically to divide. He is doing it with a callous disregard for our nation, for civility, and he is doing it out of crude power. Ted Cruz, in every aspect, one of the most disgusting, disgusting, and despicable Americans, and that just further highlights it right there. I want to—we're going to show you another Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz clip in a moment. But this is former Arkansas governor, someone who was a Republican his whole life, Asa Hutchinson, um, who just gets booed, and this is someone who you know, identifies as like a, a, a conservative or Republican, but uh, uh in today's MAGA Republican Party, if you're not part of the cult, this is what happens to you. Play the clip. Essential and non-essential businesses. And whenever you... As the crowd boos him and says, Trump, 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 he just smiles and he gives the speech. You know what a real leader would do? He would say, you know what? All of you who are in this cult, you are anti-American. You can shout for Trump, but you have a false prophet. The fact that you've hoisted up any politician as a prophet who is screwing each and every one of you, you all are traitors to the United States of America. That's what he should say, what basically Absolutely. Chris Christie's saying right now. But he just sits there and he goes, <laughs> Oh, shucks, oh, woe's me. You know, it, 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 rhinoceros, I'm a rhinoceros. We, you're right. Uh, we, we, we spoke, we speak often about that moment uh, during the Obama McCain uh, election when uh, a person in the audience during, I believe it was a town hall, asked John McCain a question like, you know, something about, oh, but Obama's a Muslim. How could he vote for that? You know, it's just spreading like lies and disinformation. And John McCain actually went to her and corrected her. And it was actually a good moment that showed that the Republican Party, while they had these crazies in the party, still had the dignity to push that away, to condemn it. Now what the Republican Party has done is this event that we are playing these clips from, this Turning Point event hosted by Charlie Kirk with Donald Trump and this whole MAGA movement, it's become a movement of that woman. They have given that woman the microphone.
That's what they've done. Instead of putting those people, instead of condemning them and saying, no, these are not our beliefs. You do not stand for the values of the United States of America. They said, okay, say whatever you, okay, yeah, we'll say it. Yes, we'll cheer you on. And then we'll get smart people. I know people are gonna, might get upset with me for saying this, but Ted Cruz, don't get it twisted. Ted Cruz is a smart, highly educated person. Go along with it. They stoke this rage. They stoke this animosity. And inevitably, the monster that they created ends up running wild. You you get the questions like you do in those hearings. These people get increasingly angry. And so what do they have to do? They have to invent the next conspiracy theory. They have to invent a scapegoat. Oh, it's not our fault that there aren't mass arrests. It's those evil Democrats' fault. It's Merrick Garland, the most corrupt attorney general of all time. How do you even say that with a straight face? You could say a lot of things about Merrick Garland. To say he is the most political attorney general of all time is like the single most laughable statement you could possibly say. It is absurd on every single level, but they are terrified of the cult. They are terrified of the monster that they created. Let me just say this. Cruz, fine. He's smart. He's well-educated. I'll give you that more so than he's smart, but he's more greedy than anything else, which is why he continues to do this. If he wasn't making money off of this grift, he just wouldn't. And you know what I always say? Give them the microphone. Let them speak like this because they're going to talk like this with the Charlie Kirks of the world. And you know what? The Midas Touch Network that outproduces and outviews the Fox News, the RSBNs, we're going to have Congressman Jared Moskowitz come on and sit down with Ben Micellis to do a one-on-one interview. Great and you know, and, and pro-democracy values will resonate with Americans 10 out of 10 times. And we'll play this clip in a little bit. I'll, I'll let you get back to the clips in a sec, Ben. But uh, after we play a few more of these, uh, there was this moment uh, after the 2022 midterms when Charlie Kirk and Wendy Rogers of Arizona, one of these insane MAGA conspiracy theorists, Republican state senators, um, you know, had to figure out what went wrong during the election. Why didn't why didn't Republicans win in Arizona like they thought it was going to be? Why wasn't there a red wave? And there was this l- very brief moment of clarity where they were like, are we in an echo chamber? But now they are they they just they didn't learn anything from it though. They went right back into the echo chamber and they shut the door and locked themselves inside. And that's where they find themselves now. So when we see the poll also, this this poll that Ben spoke about before from this turning point event, it's not showing you the perspectives of Americans. It's showing you the perspective of the MAGA cult. And when you compare the methodology, or not the methodology, but when you compare the results of this poll with the results of actual real polls conducted amongst actual, like the American people, you see how fringe, to your point, Jordy, you see how out of touch those ideas are. So they could stay in that echo chamber if they want, but they're doing so at their own peril at the end of the day. Couldn't agree more with you. I want to show you this clip now of Ted Cruz, an interview taken right around the same time as this conference. And Ted Cruz is saying that the Barbie movie, which by the way, isn't out yet. So did Ted Cruz seek out the Barbie movie? Is he getting watching a fan screener? 
is he getting an advanced screener of the <laughs> comes out july 21st but he's saying that the barbie movie is brainwashing young girls with chinese propaganda but before showing you this clip i want to show you i guess the scene that he is referring to you put up the photo of this scene the fact that we're even <laughs> talking about hey, describe just, describe it please just back to me for a second and then and we'll pull up the screen the fact that we are talking about a republican senator attacking the barbie movie and every week it's like oh yeah well last week they attacked the m m oh and what they do before that oh uh, dr seuss and uh what they do before that oh they attacked uh, little mermaid uh, and, and, and what they attacked before then oh you know uh, chick-fil-a they attacked chick-fil-a i thought they liked chick-fil-a no they say that's no longer the lord's chicken anymore what what, what in the world <laughs> that's what they say okay, like so what, what what's going on here okay so pull open the map so the map that you're looking at right here doesn't even show an actual map of the real world it's a cartoon Barbie world map that has no relation to any actual map that exists. So you might as well be looking at like Westworld or like Westeros. Like it is a made up world. It's literally the like the, one of the concepts of the movies that like the dialogue, the things that happen, it's as, it's, it is as if it is people playing with Barbie dolls and the dialogue kind of echoes what it would be like for children to play with Barbie dolls and the maps and everything are like what a child would do. So it looks like a child drew a random kind of map of uh, nothing really it's just a mess it's like a little child drawing but ted cruz and his fellow yeah. republicans look at this and go chinese propaganda yeah so so while democrats are talking about jobs and making sure unemployment is low and reducing the cost of prescription drug prices and protecting veterans and seniors and protecting social security medicare and medicaid fighting for equality, protecting a woman's right to control her body, building infrastructure. Like that's the stuff that Democrats are talking about. Here is a big issue for Ted Cruz, the Barbie movie. Play this clip. Now, um, I'm, I'm the dad of two young daughters. This is you know, going to be a big movie, particularly for a lot of young girls. There's a scene in Barbie where, where there is this map of the world, and it, it's drawn like with crayon. I mean, it's really a very simple cartoon. And so they have this blockish thing that is called Asia. And then they've drawn what are called the nine dashes, which is this is Chinese communist propaganda, which the Chinese are asserting sovereignty over the entirety of the South China Sea. And they don't have any right to it under international law, but they're trying to take it away from their neighbors there, take away and, and claim China's in charge of the entire sea and no one else, whether Vietnam or Singapore or other nations in that area, they don't have any rights to... to, to what the hell is he talking about? And, and he has that Don Jr. voice. This is going to be a big, a big movie. It's going to be a big movie. Like, why do they all? Why do they all? Why talk they like speak not, like it's that? not. It's not that deep. It's not that deep, it's Teddy. That deep. It's a Barbie movie. And I'll say this real quick too, just real quick. This reminds me of the Dylan Mulvaney situation with um, um, Bud, Light. Bud Light, because what he picks out one scene. This isn't even what the whole movie's about one scene from the trailer that they saw. And so they saw this screenshot and they decided to make a whole big deal. The Mulvaney situation was a promotional post. It wasn't an entire campaign. So to Ben, to your point, this is what they do. They hang their hats on these ridiculous issues to make 
uh, mountains out of whatever uh, that by, expression by, is. By, by the way, I'm looking at it, and there aren't even nine dashes. There are eight. There are, looks like there are eight dashes. I can't believe I'm even humoring. I this feel ridiculous today. talking about but this. Here's, anyway. he, 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 here's, here's, here's it's, the it's, thing. It's hard to imagine why Ted Cruz's daughter hates him. I'll just Republicans, say. <laughs> Republicans in the House of Representatives and in Congress are actually colluding with a spy for the CCP, a spy working for the government of China, of course, unlawfully, who is also an Iranian arms dealer and Libyan arms dealer, but is doing the bidding of China for Donald Trump. We have the text messages and emails and the MAGA Republicans say, that is who our whistleblower is. They're actually harboring an indicted fugitive spy for China, and they are complaining about the Barbie movie. We got a lot more to discuss, but let's take our first quick break. Estás disfrutando de mi podcast? Thanks to Babbel, I know what that means. Do you? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. Now, if that's you, check it off the list this summer with Babbel. Because with Babbel, you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. That's right. This summer, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel. Now, why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than just games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Babbel's courses are super convenient. They've helped me learn real-life conversation skills on my schedule. Now I'm going on vacation later this year, and I definitely feel more confident in my Spanish-speaking abilities for the most everyday and important tasks, like ordering food or asking for directions, you name it. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology, this helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, an absolute game changer. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. For instance, one study shows that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. Now, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Midas. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Midas, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Midas. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Mosh. As the years progress, it's so important to stay on top of your mental health and fitness. Frankly, life gets busy. And sometimes you end up sacrificing good foods and snacks for unhealthy ones strictly because they may seem more convenient. Now, whether at the gym, on the go, or between meals with the fam, Mosh Protein Bars are the smart snack to keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling good. With six delicious flavors, each Mosh Bar comes packed with 12 grams of protein and made with ingredients that support brain health like ashwagandha, lion's mane, collagen, and omega-3s. At 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, Mosh Protein Bars are the guilt-free snack your brain and body will crave. Your brain, it's your number one tool, which is why Mosh Protein Bars were mindfully formulated by some of the world's top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists. 
Founded by Patrick Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, Mosh is a mission-driven brain health and wellness company that donates a portion of all proceeds to support women's brain research through the Women's Alzheimer's Movement at Cleveland Clinic. I absolutely love Mosh protein bars. They're delicious. They're savory. They're the perfect smart snack to keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling good. We're constantly doing different videos or podcasts here or just a bunch of different tasks. So I'm able to enjoy Mosh protein bars easily and enjoyably throughout the day whenever I need it. Don't settle with a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. So whether you're at the gym, on the go, or just living your best life, Mosh protein bars will keep your brain and body fit-fueled and feeling good. Head to moshlife.com slash Midas to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack, which includes all six mouth-watering flavors. M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash Midas. Welcome back. We are live on the Midas Touch podcast. Ben Micellis joined by Brett and Jordy Micellis. Thank you, everybody who supports our sponsors, even if you don't support our sponsors, thank you anybody for being here with us, but support our sponsors. There's some really great sponsors. Babel and Mosh are both amazing. I, uh, I use both every day, both Babel and Mosh. Definitely check those both out. Links Spanish in the description sound, below. Spanish is sounding good, Jay. Yeah, it's yeah. sounding really good. Yeah, yeah. And thank uh, you. <laughs> you know, I like that you, it's it's a continuing, edu- <laughs> it's continuing education, but it's, it's a good, no, it's great. I mean, I, I'm stoked. I'm going to roll it out during one of these podcasts. And you guys, your minds are going to be blown. I have not, I, I haven't gone too deep down the rabbit hole so far to show yeah. you guys, but Babbel has, it's really revolutionary. And thank you, everybody who's uh, become a member and who's bought other people memberships. Those Jordy emojis are great. And of course, we don't have we don't have outside investors here at the Midas Touch Network. So your memberships on YouTube or your memberships at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, they're two separate things, but they both go a long way to help build this network because we don't want to have people really controlling us or telling us what to do. So it's a fun way to build the network. You buy people memberships, you can ask to receive memberships. Anyway, that's my pitch right there. But the most important thing you can do, share these videos, share our clips, and let people know about the Midas Touch Network. All right, let's talk about when finally Donald Trump speaks at this event. Of course, he's the keynote speaker at the cult event as the cult leader. Here, Donald Trump is talking. I I really have no clue what he's even talking about here. I think he's saying that he spoke to Putin a couple of days ago, or he spoke to somebody named Vladimir a couple of days ago. I, I, is he talking about Zelensky? I, I, I don't know who he's talking. He didn't speak to anybody a couple of days ago. He's making this story up. I think I realized what he's saying here after watching it about a hundred times. But let's let's play the clip and, and see if people think that I'm right. China's not a problem. If you have the right leadership, Russia's not a problem. They would have never done what they did. Believe me, they would have never done. And I spoke to Vladimir. Did you see the other day, two days ago, he called? He told the, he's talking to the president of Ukraine. And he said, uh, Vladimir, he meant Zelensky. Vladimir over here. Oh, I mean, uh, huh. Okay, they're laughing at that. He's just not even saying words anymore. Just at the end of it. That's what these, uh, 
I couldn't even call them speeches, are becoming. He just goes, and then everybody like laughs and they like, clap. Yes. Uh, yes. Perfect. Perfectly. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, although every time I listen to it, now I'm doubting myself because it is very, he has a very peculiar sentence structure. I think he's trying to make fun of Biden is is what i is what i think i think he's trying to like reference something that happened during uh the nato leadership summit and that he's saying that by i i don't, I don't know because it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to lead I, I, up why, to it. why 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 even try to interpret like, rah, rah, you know rah. what we need you know what we, you know what we need what it means what jordy you know what we need what do we need? We need Babel for Trump. No. Don't do that to Babel. Don't do that to Babel. I don't understand the language, and so I need some courses to understand whatever the hell that was. Okay. <laughs> Let me show you the next one. So here, Donald Trump, again, it's just more incriminating stuff. He claims that when he steals classified records and sensitive compartmented information, all the government can do is to ask him nicely like do we realize how deranged this is that that's what he's saying all they can do is they have to ask me very politely for it back and that's about it they if, if they want the documents back they have to solve a riddle what, <laughs> you know, play, play, play the clip the only power that nara has is to say to the president of the united states Pretty please, could we possibly have the documents? Quote, asking nicely is about all they can do. That's all they can do. Think, you didn't hear this stuff. You know, you read about espionage and insurrection. These people are sick. They're sick. And yet, they reported me to the Department of Justice for criminal prosecution. Now, you, see, you hear what the law is. That's the law. By the way, there were many other cases that backed that up, too. I didn't even know that until two days ago. Many other cases backed that up. Yeah, there's no case that backs that up. That, that, is, that is simply not true. I think he refers to the, the Presidential Records Act is not a criminal statute and says the exact opposite of what he claims it says. The criminal statutes is violations of the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice, conspiracy, making false statements. Like, it's not even a close call. You can't steal classified records that don't belong to you. But again, he and his cult believe that he is above the law, that he, they treat him like he's just not a regular person at this point, which is what he is. We don't have kings and emperors, nor should we ever in our country. And you can't just, they have to say, Pretty please. And with by the way, they they did. By the way, they they did ask nicely multiple times, and you told them to f off, and then they subpoenaed you, and you ignored it. And I, you know, I, he kind of did what Marjorie Taylor Greene did at the end there, right? And he was like, "I, I just learned this two days ago. I just, uh, it's like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Have you guys heard of this guy, Lyndon B. <laughs> Johnson? Have you, have you heard of him? His name is Labish. Labish." <laughs> And he heard was implementing the policies of Ifter, Ifter. Have and you heard of Ladur and Labige? These were 
These were some people who did some, I don't know if you know this folks, but some rough stuff in this country. It's like, like, and the knowledge and is just so limited too in general. Like it's like they're getting the, the, the information off like a snap. You know how they have like Snapple facts and like you just read it again. Like that's the extent of it. And so that's just the talking point that they could rehash. <laughs> Snapple. That's what that, that that's the diorama. You know, and They're if it fascist, doesn't just fascist Snapple facts, Ben. Oh. Fascist Snapple facts. Oh, and look, if, if it didn't get even more deranged, Donald Trump then says that when he gets indicted, that is he gives himself badges of honor. That 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 he, he views that as honorific. Like that this is I mean, again, we used to live in we have to have perspective. Once upon a time in our country, if you spelled potato wrong, your reputation was done. Ben, one once upon a time, if you were running for office and you went, "Woohoo, we're going to wherever!" Woohoo, you, you know, you. How do you were, turn Howard Dean into Mario every single? You turned into Super you, Mario every time. Woohoo! You, you were. Can I say Mario is one of those things too that we get called out on from being from Long Island? Most most people say Mario. We, we yeah. say Mario. So, yeah. To be fair, Mario is correct. Um, Right, there were standards, you know, because there should be standards. And now he's here, play this clip. He's saying this is a badge of honor. And he goes, it's a badge of honor. And everyone's like, yes, let's, you know, it's like, okay, what, what, in the, what is going on? Play this clip. I would never have said this, even though it's true, but I, I don't think I could have said it before. But now it's very easy to say Biden is the most corrupt president in the history of our country by far. Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists and fascists indict me, I consider it to be a great badge of honor and courage. I'm doing it for you. I'm being indicted for you. Better me than you, right? Just sitting there saying, hey, I'd rather have it. We love our president. Let them indict him. We don't want to be indicted. And I believe the U is more than 200 million people that love our country, far more than 200 million. Just makes up stuff. 200 million. I'm being indicted for you. But it's it's, a all, badge it's of all from the fascist playbook, right, though? It's all from the fascist playbook. And so, like... Uh, we don't have to dive too deep into it, but there was this whole New York Times story uh, that came out today that, you know, was very detailed about Trump's plan to, uh, and they didn't say this directly at all, but you read the article, it's Trump's plan to turn the United States government into a fascist dictatorship, to take complete control of all independent agencies, to put everything under his power, to fire every lifelong servant. It is pure, unadulterated fascism. And while the article is horrifying, and I do think people should read it and read it through that lens as this is fascism, not just normal functions of the government, which is kind of how they positioned it in a weird way. I, and I know a lot of people out there in the Midas Mighty, probably aren't as surprised in reading that because you hear him say these things in these speeches. Like right there, he gave a lot, he, he's using the fascist playbook, right? Even by making the movement feel bigger than it is. All 200 million of you. There is not 200 million <laughs> people. I think there was fewer than a thousand people even in the yeah, that event sense. right there, just so you all are aware of. So it's just the endless lies, the endless gaslighting, the I'm doing this for you, the equating himself with the country, the country's going to hell, only I am the one who could save it. This is yep. all from the fascist playbook. And then he ends his speech 
by just going full fascist here. He talks about bringing back the travel ban and making it that much stronger this time. But that's not where he even ended it. He went to the next extreme. Listen to the fascist language. And yes, we need to use these words. Listen to it in how he ended the speech right here. Under the Trump administration, we imposed extreme vetting and put on a powerful travel ban to keep radical Islamic terrorists and jihadists out of our country and with great success. You know that. You didn't see anything about that for four years, did you? And you would have seen a lot of it. When I return to office, the travel ban is coming back even bigger and much stronger than before. The United States will not be condemned for the same fate as countries like France, which are truly going through hell right now. I will also order our government to deny entry to all communists and Marxists as required by law. Our bigger problems is getting the ones that we have here out. The ones that got elected to office, we got some bad people, uh, shifty shift, and these people are sick people. They're bad people. They're liars and bad, bad people. And right there at the end, you hear him say the quiet part out loud, right? You, He goes, we need to get all the communists and Marxists out, including the ones in our government, like Shifty Schiff and all the people who have come after me. He is telling you right there what his plan is, and this is how fascists work. They label somebody as a term that everybody can get by, and they scapegoat a group. They put a false label on them. In this case, he's calling them all communists. Communists. And then he's saying, we need to eradicate communists from our government. And he is planning on using that as the impetus for actually purging our government of any opposition. That includes people in the Republican Party who oppose them. That includes independents. That includes people in the Democratic Party. And it literally, almost word for word, echoes that famous Holocaust poem written after the Holocaust by a pastor that says, first they came for X, Y, Z. First they came for the communists. Then they came for the social. The poem literally matches Donald Trump's words now that he uses at the speech. And that poem is supposed to be a warning that this can never happen again. This must never happen again. Instead of taking it as a warning, Donald Trump and these fascist Republicans are using it as a playbook. And so it's important that we pay attention, even when it's a comment at the side, even when he acts like, oh, look, I'm just joking here. He's deadly, deadly serious. And that's why it is so important that we continue to let people know the words that he is saying and let people know the serious threat. America will never, would never, ever, ever recover if Donald Trump is reelected. Because if we don't, Brad, the legacy media won't. What the legacy media will do is they'll take three seconds from that speech and say, Donald Trump said we need to strengthen our borders. And then, and then boom, cut out. I saw, I saw it the other night actually on NBC News. And it was, I was so infuriated watching that. I, it's, it's, but it's what we always talk about. And it's why the coverage that we're doing here on the Minus Touch Network is so important. So please, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe, folks. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. And, and look, Brett, you mentioned the New York Times article that just doesn't meet the moment. Like you saw what we all just saw, right? We don't want to be gaslit. And here's how New York Times in trying to do this expose refers to it. Trump and allies forge plans 
to increase presidential power in 2025. The former president and his backers aim to strengthen the power of the White House and limit the independence of federal agencies. Like they're incapable of saying he has a fascist design Mm -hmm. to overthrow our democracy. And here is what he's saying. You go into the article, it says, Trump and his allies are planning a sweeping expansion of presidential power over the machinery of government if voters return him to the White House in 2025, reshaping the structure of the executive branch to concentrate far greater authority directly in his hands. Their plans to authoritarian, and they refuse to use that word, by the way. Sorry. Their plans to centralize more power in the Oval Office stretch far beyond the former president's recent remarks that he would order a criminal investigation into his political rival, President Biden, signaling his intent to end the post-Watergate norm of Justice Department independence from White House political control. Like, get the hell out of your ivory tower, New York Times, and just tell the people what's freaking going on right now, that this is a fascist dictator in the making who wants to destroy our Constitution and rip it to shreds. Just say that. Because that's what he's saying. So why do you translate it through these words that do not capture what is – you should be like a, a camera that takes a picture of what it is. I don't need you to be some Adobe editing software to create some new thing that doesn't – I don't need special effects. I don't need I don't need you to dress this up like it isn't what it is. Just take the photograph and tell me what it is and accurately report what's going on. Yes, Donald Trump saying he's going to take over the Department of Justice. That's called fascism. When you look at this straw poll result from what took place, when they say things like they want Carrie Lake to be the VP, that Trump in the MAGA Republican Party has 85.7% of support from people who attend this, that they have 95.8% of the people there oppose U.S. involvement in Ukraine, that's 773 of the I remember, people. These are people who were at this turning point. Event. So they 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 held a cult rally and then they held the poll with all the cultists and surprise, surprise, the cult supports Trump and hates Ukraine and loves Russia, and wants Carrie Lake to be his VP. 77.3% of respondents say they don't plan to donate to the RNC. As I said from the outset, they're done with the Republican Party. It is a full-fledged MAGA Republican cult. And these things are being put in legislation like it's it's one thing that they have these crazy rallies, but they take what they say at these crazy rallies and they stick it in things like holding our country hostage in debt ceiling negotiations. Unless we enact their crazy right-wing extremist policies, they're going to destroy our economy. They're doing the same thing right now with the National Defense Authorization Act bill. Right. Last week, House Republicans basically put in all these poison pill amendments into the National Defense Authorization Act, something that passed committee 58 to 1. It then goes to the main House floor where different MAGA Republicans can introduce amendments. And the amendments that actually passed were anti-diversity, equity, and inclusion, removing diversity, equity, inclusion from the military. That's a stipulation if they want to fund the military. There has to be no diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our military's 43, 44% of people in the military have a background as being a minority. Like our military, one-fifth of our military is made up of women. 
and yet they want to put in things in this bill that would say that women can't seek reproductive care in the military, that the military can't pay incidental expenses attendant to women's reproductive care. They put an anti-LGBTQ stuff in this bill, stuff that they know is horrifically offensive, that harms our troop readiness. And National Security Council Strategic Communications Coordinator, retired Admiral John Kirby, used to be the press secretary at the State Department, used to be the press secretary at the Defense Department. He was uh, holding a press conference today, and he was asked this question by the media, who just doesn't get anything right now. And they basically say, why is it important at all that the Department of Defense would provide funding for women's reproductive care in the military. Why not just eliminate that is what the question was. He had a pitch perfect response. Now, compare his response to all of the things you saw that these MAGA Republicans talked about at that event and compare someone in the Biden administration to everything you just saw at that Turning Point conference. Play the clip. Why is the new DOD policy on abortion critical to military readiness? I'm really glad you asked that question. No, I mean, I really am. One in five members of the U.S. military are women, 20%. We're an all-volunteer force. Nobody's forcing you to sign up and go. People volunteer to go. You raise your right hand and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for a few years or even for my life. And it might cost me my life to do it. And when you sign up and you make that contract, you have every right to expect that the organization, in this case the military, is going to take care of you and they're going to take care of your families. And they're going to make sure that you can serve with dignity and respect no matter who you are or who you love uh, or, uh, or how you worship or don't. And, um, and our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. Uh, I've seen it myself. And it matters because it says we're invested in you because you are being willing to invest in us. You're investing your life, your family's livelihood with us. We owe you that back in return. I had a chance a couple of weeks ago to meet with some military spouses here at the White House. Um, some were active duty members, some were spouses, all were women. And 201, they told me, uh, that abortion laws in this country that are now being passed are absolutely having an effect on their willingness to continue serving in uniform or to encourage or discourage, in this case, their spouses from continuing service. So if you don't think there's going to be a retention and a morale issue, think again, because it's already having that effect. I saw somebody in the comments just now say, you can tell he cares. Exactly. That is someone who is authentic. That is someone who cares, who is trying intelligently to solve problems to make sure that our troops are getting what they need and that's not that's not just unique to in the military context it's what the biden administration's doing across the board 
One of the reasons I appreciate the Biden administration, even if I disagree sometimes with the policies, and this is why I support the Democratic Party right now, is I believe they care. I believe they care truly and that they're adults in the room trying to solve a problem intelligently, compassionately, with the best interest of our country first and foremost. When I look at the modern day Republican Party, not only do they not care, but it's the opposite. They are fundamentally working against our country, ripping the fabric of our democracy apart, dividing Americans. Why? Because they have no ideas other than hate, because they want to turn their miserable lives into your miserable lives. They want their problems to be your problems, and they want to seize power at all costs for power's sake. And that is something that is just so dangerous, so dangerous. And we're going to keep calling that out here on the Midas Touch Network. We still got to talk about special counsel Jack Smith and big updates in his criminal case, criminal investigation, what happened in the Georgia Supreme Court where they did Trump dirty and I liked it. That's how I'm just going to talk about the Georgia Supreme Court. I'm going to make up new expressions <laughs> with the Georgia Supreme Court. No chill. That they denied his petition in basically two words, petition denied, frivolous petition denied. They don't say frivolous, but it was clearly a frivolous petition. Let's talk about that and more, but let's take our last quick break of the day. Support for Midas is brought to you by Manscaped, who has the best in men's below-the-waist grooming products. That's right. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MIDAS at manscaped.com. Look, everyone knows that you have to be careful when dealing with the family jewels. You definitely don't want to use an old crusty electric trimmer. Yikes! That's why I'm so excited to partner with Manscaped. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Reserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest below the waist trimmer ever? Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has 4,000K LED spotlights you'll need for a more precise shave. And because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MIDAS. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code MIDAS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. 
Jordy's got the right tools for the job always. <laughs> oh, Jordy, gotta you love, are the best. Love. You are the best ad oh, man in bro. the game. Stop Don it. Draper, season hey, one. Look, it's easy to read for such amazing brands. So y'all know what to do. Links in the descriptions right here in the YouTube, right there on the audio. Click it. Use our promo code. Let them know we sent you. Helps the show. They're great products. How about the surge in memberships right here on the Midas Touch Network? People love those. Record-breaking day. Record-breaking day. Record-breaking day. And look, it goes a long way to help this network when we get those memberships. As I said, we don't have outside investors. So if you're already a member, you can gift people memberships on YouTube. You can ask to receive membership as the gift. I'd love to see one day everybody being a member in the chat, everyone having a Midas touchpad, being able to use those emojis. You just hit that dollar sign on the YouTube page, and then you can become a member. That's different than our Patreon. Our Patreon, we do the Zoom meetings and first looks on our videos, and you could become an honorary producer of the show and your name appears. So different things, but both really go a long way to help this network. And speaking of this network, I guess that's an easy segue to anything because we're on the network. Jared Ma- Jared Moskowitz, Democratic superstar, appeared on the network. I got to interview him earlier in the day. The interview's doing really well on our channel. Make sure you watch the full Moskowitz, Mycellus interview. I always enjoy speaking with him. That was the second interview I've done with Jared Moskowitz because he just tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. And here's Jared Moskowitz from my interview earlier today with him saying how the Republican Party is becoming the party of cancel culture. Now, compare this with what you saw earlier in the show of those MAGA Republicans at that Turning Point conference. And let me know who you would rather have represent you. Play the clip. I love how the Republicans now have just totally embraced cancel culture. You know, they, they used to go after this woke ideology like, oh, like all all the left wants to do is cancel Chick-fil-A. Meanwhile, now the right is canceling Chick-fil-A and Target and Maybelline and Bud Light and anybody they disagree with just totally going for cancel culture. So when they talk about the woke ideology, listen, that's them now. OK, they used to be for small government. Nope. Now government in the bedroom, government in your lives, government in your business, government in Disney World. Let's put a jail next to Disney World. Right. I mean, come on. And so I don't know what word we want to use, but when they use the word woke, I mean, it, it looks like they're describing themselves now based on the stuff that they're pushing. It's always projection and confession <laughs> with them. And here Moskowitz talks about how the MAGA Republicans are doubling down on the fact that their missing whistleblower is actually a spy for China. Here, play this clip. And of course they're doubling down. What are they going to say? Oops, you caught us. We're doing, you know, our Hunter Biden whistleblower is a, a Chinese agent and sells weapons, uh, you know, Chinese weapons to the Libyans. And oh, by the way, he, he's a big fan of the Supreme Ayatollah. You know, what are they going to say? So, of course, they're going to double down. They're doubling down by saying this is great news for our investigation that the Justice Department has indicted our witness because it shows we're on to something. Well, we are on to something. If you're looking to buy weapons on the black market, uh, you know, we're definitely on to something. The Republicans have definitely stumbled upon that. And so, look, you know, this is par for the course with what Comer's been doing uh, all, all year to try to make Hunter Biden, you know, the, the focus of everything that's going on in oversight, they will stoop to such levels uh, that they will literally elevate someone who's working for the Chinese and doing business with the Iranians. 
So well said. And again, I love that we're framing this as first, take a look at the MAGA Republicans. Take a look at what Jared Moskowitz is saying, calling them out. And here, now let me show you the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. And this is what Pete Buttigieg, first, I'll show you what he said about inflation coming down, how unemployment's under 4%, how 800,000 manufacturing jobs are being created. Play this clip first. Look at the numbers and look at where we are. You know, uh, it's pretty rare to have inflation under 4% and unemployment under 4% at the same time. Uh, matter of fact, that's extraordinary, especially where you consider where we've come from. Under President Biden's leadership, uh, more than 13 million jobs created. That's never happened under any president in anything close to this period of time. And in something that matters a lot to me coming from the industrial Midwest, a lot of those are manufacturing jobs, the kinds of jobs we used to be exporting overseas. And now I want to show you an interview that a hostile CNBC interviewer, you know, and, and look, these people are the first to want the bailouts, right? That, you know, the CNBC interviewers representing Wall Street right here and attacking, they are fine with fascism if that means oh, lower sure. taxes. It, it, there, you know, destroy my business, you know, uh, DeSantis and Trump. Just give me lower taxes. You realize if your business is destroyed and you are in jail because they claim you're a communist and a Marxist and you're too woke, you don't have your business anymore. You realize if America becomes what Donald Trump wants to make it, no one's going to want to do business here the same way no one wants to do business with him as a fake business person that he is. Like, you know how he declared bankruptcy in every single business that he's ever operated? That would seem to indicate to me he must be a pretty shitty businessman if he keeps going bankrupt over and over and over again. But for MAGA Republicans, what are you talking about? You know, that's just just what, whatever. But here, this hostile interviewer tries to go after Buttigieg and Biden's record. But the way Buttigieg handles it, you know, and just when you watch the interviewer, when you listen to it, there's a, there's a moment where Buttigieg recognizes the question, you know, and he's like, hmm. And he can clearly just destroy the guy in a way that matches the guy's tone, the interviewer, but he chooses to just kind of make the interviewer look stupid and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and then kind of does this jujitsu move. It's incredible. Play this clip. I don't want to uh, I don't want to make you mad or anything. And, and we're having a nice conversation. But but just talking about inflation, it's coming down now. And the administration and President Biden is going to take credit for, for for coming down. My only question is, whenever we talked about it in the past, it, it was never anyone's fault that inflation uh, was bad here from there wasn't the, the spending during covid. It was the entire globe. It's around the globe. It's around, we can't. It's, it's Putin. It's a Putin price hike. We, we can't do anything about it. It's inflation. It's global. But now that it's coming down, it's like, look what I did. I brought inflation down. Is that that that, that makes no sense? It's not logically uh, consistent. I, I, I don't think that's quite fair for a couple of reasons. First of all, these international comparisons. Yes, we pointed out that 
you know, in, inflation in the United States was not something that was just happening in the United States. It was happening around the world. But we also pointed out all the ways that we were doing better than a lot of our peers around the world. That was true in terms of our economic growth being really the fastest among the wealthy countries recovering from COVID. And I think it's true now in terms of us doing better in the fight against inflation than other countries. The other thing is, you know, whenever we were getting hit with those questions about what are you doing on inflation, we responded with the recipe, the things that we were doing that we think would make a difference. So I, I think it's totally fair game, especially since a year ago we said we're doing this Inflation Reduction Act and some people said your Inflation Reduction Act is going to lead to inflation going up. I think it's really important now that inflation's going down to point out like, hey, okay, here's what happened. We had a problem with inflation. We passed an Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation is going down. I, I, how can we not point to that sequence of events, even yeah, while acknowledging, really, but none just of as we did really, then, there's a lot of things that go been, Has anything been implemented yet in, in the IRA? I don't think, it, we, we couldn't be seeing the benefits of something that hasn't even happened yet. Well, look, it's definitely, you know, people were saying that this is going to cause markets immediately to respond by moving in directions that are going to be inflationary. Obviously, that didn't happen. But the other thing I'd point to is the short and medium term work that we've done as an administration addressing things that we know contribute to inflation. So in my world, for example, in the transportation space, we've talked a lot about supply chain issues, right, and making sure that we make the, the short, medium, right. and long-term investments. You, you deal with the supply chain issues, that helps keep shipping costs down. Shipping costs are part of what led to inflation. And, and I do think some of the work we've done there is paying off. Now, that's not a mission accomplished kind of thing, uh, you know, whether we're talking about inflation at large or whether we're talking about supply chains specifically. We still have a lot of issues on everything from uh, multimodal freight right. and, and rail to shoring up the truck industry to getting our ports where they need to be. But look at where we are compared to where we were a year or two ago. And I think that's paying off. You know, where he goes to Pete Buttigieg, I don't want to make you mad. I don't want to make you mad. He's like Jiminy Glick. Like, what are you talking about? You're making making me mad. You you could ask me the question and I will respond to your question. And then the guy who asked the question, he was like so proud of his. You see, after he asked the question too, he like, he like leaned back and laughed like he was so proud of that question. And, and, And Buttigieg just, just spitting facts. It's just, look, you all said that you specifically, and you all said that this was going to cause inflation to go up. So that didn't happen. So once again, you're wrong the same way you're wrong about everything. And then we actually took action to reduce it that you all said was going to be inflationary and it isn't. And it's heading in the direction exactly where we said it was going to go. And so if we got it wrong and inflation went the other way, went back up, then you would have the ability to criticize us. But we took action to try. But any And what I like about Buttigieg too is he doesn't oversell it. He doesn't right. say this is a spike the football moment. He doesn't say, hey, we solve the issue. He recognizes that Americans still need relief. He recognizes that there's still a lot to do and a lot that needs to be done. That's why he's not like Trump who's like, we did it. We solved everything. He goes, this isn't a you know mission accomplished moment, but there's a lot more work to do. And that's just an honest response to the question where he could have taken that question and spiked the football, and he did it. And it, and it was appreciated that he went in that direction. I when hope to see him more on CNBC. I really do, because he's, he's, he's such a great messenger, and he, he's able to articulate those things in just a very clear, concise matter. I think it's an important audience for him to get in front of. 
when we see the contrast to of, of him and the other Republicans, like when we see, you know, Ted Cruz whining about Barbie and Lauren Boebert <laughs> saying she's the rhino hunter and Marjorie Taylor Greene learning about Elbridge for the first time in her life. Gosh, or, it, it, it really makes me realize, though, like I, I legitimately think that there is a incredibly damaging effect that Republicans have on this country that goes even far beyond policy. I think it extends to like the psyche of the United States of America. I think all of these speeches they do, all of these events they do, all of these comments, all this constant gaslighting, the lying, the whining, the criminality, the we need to lock up Biden for this and that. I think it so seeps into the, the public consciousness of Americans. And I think it really does wear people down. And that is one of the important things that we hear and all of us here, I'm talking about you two in the audience, are all kind of fighting against um, because they want you to be worn down throughout all of this. It's part of what allows them to get away with what they're allowed to do. But it causes such problems and it causes people to feel badly. Like it's it's mm-hmm. traumatic. It, it genuinely is traumatic. Like Donald Trump inflicts trauma on people, not even just because of his policies, but because of the things he says and the things he does. Uh, These Republicans are the same way. The things they say, the the toxic nature of what they put out there into the universe, into your mind, into your kind of media diet, I think it has a very, very damaging effect on the country. And if we go back to the NDAA, for example, the Defense Authorization Act, like the, the one thing you constantly hear from Republicans are, uh, you know, these the, the military recruitment's down because no one wants to join this woke military. They always criticize the military, right? The, no one wants to join this woke military. Oh, it's too woke. They don't want to sit through these DEI courses, these gender courses, these that. It's no, it's not. It's because to they, do with it. it is, ask anybody in the military, it has zero zero to do with that. But you know what they are worried about? They're worried about going to war to fight for our country and coming back and not having health care because you voted against the PACT Act. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about putting their lives on the line, coming back and being treated by shit by people like you, Ted Cruz, by people Mm -hmm. like you, Kevin McCarthy. That's the issue. Or they're in the military and they have reproductive issues. They need to get health care. And guess what? You've denied them their health care that they could have otherwise gotten if they were able to travel freely on their own merit. That's what you are doing. You are inflicting trauma on our troops. You are inflicting trauma on the citizens of this country. And that, to me, is almost more dangerous than anything else this party is doing. It is atrocious, and we need to be aware that that is part of their strategy, this pain that they are inflicting on us every single day, psychologically. Absolutely. And, um, you know, racism in the military also is one of the things that thwart promotion. It's cited consistently in a military that's comprised of 43% of the military are people who are minorities. They say that they are afraid to see career advancement in the military because of the racism that they experience. And so this is about a more cohesive, uh, a more uh, ready and able military. And and, and that's just what it comes down to. Like selfishly, even if you did not even care about diversity, right? Even if you Mm -hmm. did not care about these issues, selfishly, 
you would want the military to be performing at its highest levels imaginable, and you would want people to be able to get along and have the skills to work together with diverse groups of people so that they could achieve the mission to the maximum ability. And the most selfish basic level, and Republicans can't even do that. They put their ideology above military readiness. They put their ideology above your health care. In every situation, they are putting their deranged fascist ideology because they live in this echo chamber of TPUSA events and right-wing podcasts that do not align with the majority of the American people. Couldn't agree more with you there, Brett. And they say things like, you think in Russia they would be able to, they, they would tolerate this woke stuff in their military. It's like Russia is the second strongest army in Russia right now. And it's second, <laughs> it's the second strongest army in Ukraine. Like that's the model still that they say it should be like Russia. And they say that because when you see the videos of Russia, it's all white people, right? With shaved heads in the military. And so that's why they go, that's not woke. Well, they're not actually a cohesive military force. And we've seen what happens when you run things that way. And when there's an authoritarian who needs to be told that his, you know what, doesn't stink the way Donald Trump wants to be treated. That is dangerous. That is a recipe for disaster. I want to talk about what's going on in some of these court proceedings right here. The Georgia Supreme Court in a two-word judgment, petition dismissed, rejected Donald Trump's frivolous filing, uh, an original petition for writ of mandamus and prohibition. I know people are like, Ben, can you break down in a sophisticated way, what it is that Donald Trump filed? No, no, I cannot. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is not a real thing. You know, it would be like me sending a, put it this way, it would be like me sending a love letter to the Supreme Court asking them for a hey, Supreme Court. I would love frozen yogurt tonight, Supreme Court. Can you give me Froyo with some of those gummy worms? Uh, that is about as meritorious. That's what I, I'm going to get. Interesting, there. interesting topic. <laughs> Please don't bring up candy. I'm, I'm like really on this non-candy kick right now and just use a different analogy. Thanks. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. But it is as meritorious as me making that request. He filed his own like new lawsuit directly with the Supreme Court of Georgia called President Donald Trump versus Fawny Willis. And he also sued the judge. judge. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he, against Fulton County District Attorney and Judge Robert McBurney, the Superior Court Judge. Like, this may be his most frivolous filing yet. Here's what he was asking for directing the quashal of the special purpose grand jury's report and barring its or its contents use in any future proceedings, civil or criminal. So, this was the uh, investigative criminal grand jury that Fawny Willis called where she presented 75 witnesses. They prepared a report and recommendations. It's under seal. So we don't even know who's recommended for indictments right now. Yet Donald Trump wants to quash that and destroy that. So that can't be used at all in the future um, or anything that derived from that investigation. Um, that's the next one. Forbidding the district attorney from introducing any evidence 
obtained via the special purpose grand jury process to a regular grand jury. So basically, you can't even show any evidence to the newly impaneled grand jury. So first, there was a special purpose grand jury. Last week, a grand jury was impaneled, 26 individuals from Fulton County, 23 are regular grand jurors, three alternates, 16 makes a quorum, 12 is needed to vote on an indictment. We expect an indictment to be issued against Donald Trump between July 31st and August 18th based on numerous kind of leaks and statements and letters from Fulton County District Attorney Phony Wills. But we don't know that for a fact. But basically saying Phony Willis can't show them any evidence at all. Okay. Um, Imagine and then the any last- other person under investigation filing the suit saying, no, they're not allowed to investigate me or using any evidence they find against me. Not allowed. I called it. And by the way, to the Supreme Court, just like why they they can't hear this? They they don't have jurisdiction. Just making this filing. I, I love that it was a two word dismissal, also because it was like a long, like it was a, a long, long motion. Motion. Yeah. The motion was thirty six pages. Six. Thirty six pages. And they were they just said dismissed. They Signed said, nah. all just all ju- all of the justices concur. <laughs> <laughs> like it it didn't have to be that they could have just said dismissed. Every single one agrees. And, and by the way, every single like, judge in the on the Georgia Supreme Court was appointed by a Republican. Every single one, just to show you. And, and I think it also shows you a little bit why Trump thought maybe if we file this directly to the Supreme Court, may, you know, they're, they're all Republicans, right? You, you're, you, you in the cult? Do you not in the cult? And then they went, Nah, we're 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 good. And then, (laughs) and then finally, Trump was seeking to compel the district attorney's disqualification as a party representative in any proceeding involving petitioner. He still has a motion pending to do all of this and also disqualify Judge Robert McBurney. And Judge Robert McBurney hasn't even like issued the order yet, which I kind of love because it's kind of like. getting to Donald Trump that he hasn't issued the order yet. But it's the same thing in every case that he's involved in, right? The judge is biased. The jury is biased. The prosecutor is biased. Everybody, there's a conspiracy against him. And only he has all of the answers. And only he alone can fix it. So you have that. We had a big hearing on July 18th before Judge Eileen Cannon. This is the first major status conference. It's technically called a SEPA status conference, Classified Information Procedures Act, to talk about how to handle classified information. But the judge, Judge Eileen Cannon, ordered, she said, the parties shall be prepared, discuss the government's motion for continuance and proposed revised scheduling order at the hearing that's about to take place on July 18th, including the proposed deadlines contained therein and particularized objections thereto in light of 18 U.S.C. Section 3161, the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure and C, because remember, Special Counsel Jack Smith wanted a December 11th, 2023 trial date. Donald Trump responded by saying, let's just talk about trial after the November 2024 election. We'll, we'll just have a conversation about it. Then. I'm not even going to tell you what trial date we're actually um, requesting. And that's 
in violation of the law. But here, Judge Eileen Cannon saying particularized, if I could say that word correctly, particularized. And you know, and 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 give me a date, basically, and and be prepared to talk about it. So I think that's a big thing that's going to happen at that hearing. Uh, before the hearing, too, Special Counsel Jack Smith submitted a filing saying that the second tranche of discovery documents are now turned over. Previously, Jack Smith produced over 800,000 documents and Donald Trump's like, oh, that's way too many documents for me to review. And Jack Smith's filing is like, okay, hire people. Like you say you're rich, you saying you're a billionaire, go hire people to review the documents like happens in every other case. It's not just supposed to be your lawyer, go for it. The previous protective order allows you with respect to these non-classified documents, hire people and go through it. But what Jack Smith did, which is lovely, he made a dummy proof. Like he knew Trump was going to argue this. So he made a dummy proof. He provided a key, a map. Here's where all the documents are. Here's where the ones that we think you're going to believe are important that you may find helpful to you. Here's the key portions on all of the CCTV surveillance footage. Like a Sparks Noakes version? A Sparks Notes version. And then Jack Smith called out Trump's lawyers for not agreeing to the protective order regarding the classified records. There's already a protective order regarding the non-classified but confidential records. But now uh, what Jack Smith is saying is we tried to get Trump's lawyers to sign this class under the Classified Information Procedures Act. It's not optional the same way there is with the protective order for non-classified records where it's discretionary. SEPA, Classified Information Procedures Act, says shall. You, Judge Eileen Cannon, shall enter a protective order regarding this classified information. And there's very specific things that have to go down. You, you, you can't look at these documents in bathrooms or bathtubs or showers, right? You have to look at them in skiffs, sensitive compartmented information facilities. And then you have a classified information officer who's already been appointed, who works with you, where if you're handling the classified information, he, he or she or they bring you to the skiffs. If there's a filing, they file it for you under seal with the judge to make sure there's no leakage. And Donald Trump's lawyers uh, had a conversation with Jack Smith on July 14th of 2023. Jack Smith points out in the motion saying that they object to certain portions of the protective order for classified information, but didn't specify what the provisions were and said they'd get back to Jack Smith. And Jack Smith's like, okay, I'm, I'll be ready. I'm, I'm, call me on the weekend. Let's get this done before the hearing. Of course, Donald Trump's lawyers don't get back. And so Jack Smith, on, but just so everyone knows, how aggressive and how on point Jack Smith being, boom, on Monday lets the court know we gave them this back on July 12th. We had the call on July 14th. We said we were available. They're not returning our calls. Judge, this shall be granted. And ultimately, Donald Trump, right, his claim is that these aren't classified documents. He claims that these are declassified. So I think Donald Trump is basically telling his lawyers, you can't enter a protective order regarding classified information if I've told the public that I've declassified these records. Would you be stipulating to the fact that these are classified records by signing a classified information procedures act protective order, thereby recognizing the classification status? So 
I think that's kind of the rock in a hard place that Trump's lawyers are in. They aren't, they aren't articulating that, but they can basically say something like, we're not agreeing that they're classified information, but based on the SEPA process not to hold it up, we're agreeable to the process taking place, but we reserve our objections. But they aren't even doing that at this point. And it just shows you like Donald Trump's lawyers don't know how to handle a SEPA case. I don't think they've ever handled anyone on the legal team has handled a SEPA case before. And Jack Smith's team, the top counterintelligence officials, mm -hmm. this is all they do is SEPA cases. So they know the intricacies of the statute, what is required. And look, this is going to be a big hearing Tuesday, July 18th. It's going to be a big order for what Judge Eileen Cannon ultimately decides to do here. And if she agrees to indefinitely delay trial, what Trump is asking for, Trump really put her in a bind. I'm not telling Trump what he should have done because he already screwed it up. But you give some date in 2024, and then you say before it, you're busy. He's now revealed his intentions transparently. So if she were to agree with him, Jack Smith goes right to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Basically, three strikes, you're out, Judge Eileen Cannon. You didn't follow SEPA. You didn't follow the Speedy mm -hmm. Trial Act. She gets reversed. She gets disqualified. That's how you remove her from the case, ultimately. And Donald Trump did her no favors by not giving any date at all. And she, in, in that little minute order, at least for my interpretation, you can see that she's like, why didn't you give me a date? I need a date. And now you make a particular eye showing so I can do some. She know like that's the chess match here that I love to talk about because that's the dynamic that's taking place right it, here. It, it, it just feels like we're we're moments or a couple days away from a from a Judge Eileen Cannon rant from a Donald Trump uh, Trump Truth Social post, just totally unhinged. The unfair Judge Cannon, and also Ben. It's like you say when we're talking about <laughs> Brad. You know I'm right when we talk about Jack Smith. What do you always say, Ben? Uh, Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack don't put up with Donald shit. I mean that's your famous line. You always say that, and it shows again. I, I I appreciate that, Brett. What do you think about that uh, that line? Yeah, no, I've I've heard Ben say that countless times, Jordy. I could oh, well, every I, day. I, I, it's a classic I, I, line. No, classic I I could line. agree because as everyone knows, Jack Smith has no chill, and he is showing here, according to Ben, right, that he's got absolutely no chill whatsoever. No, I mean I I I think we're all kind of you know it, it's wait and see with with Judge Eileen Cannon. It's like is she going to do the right thing or is she going to be every bit as corrupt as she was previously. And I think, you know, we will see what happens there. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we should ever give her the benefit of the doubt that she will necessarily do the right no, thing. Like, no. absolutely not. Um, but, you know, but we will see. I mean, she is definitely boxed in. I love Ben's interpretation there. And it's going to continuously happen. I mean, Donald Trump's lies are incompatible with one another. Like, they, they, they can't coexist with even his own lies. Like, they all conflict. So, now that he's actually entering a court of law in these cases, he is going to keep getting boxed in in these legal arguments. His public statements are going to conflict with what is actually going to work in a court of law. It's going to be an incredible, incredible mess for him. Um, and I, I just don't see how he is able to get through the incredible amount of charges and counts against him when he has put so much false yep. information and horrific arguments out there in public. And then he's going to have to argue against it. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a disaster 
for him once his lies meet the actual court of law. And we are seeing the beginnings of that right now. And in this classified document case, Jack Smith's just waiting to see what Judge Eileen Cannon does here. If she makes the wrong ruling, I think he's prepared to have a superseding indictment. He's prepared to indict in other states. That's why I'm not worried, but I am worried about Eileen Cannon. I'm not worried because Jack Smith and Jack Smith's team are such pros here that they've thought out every possible move and they're thinking eight steps ahead while mm -hmm. Donald Trump is thinking eight steps backwards, undermining his matter. And yes, Judge Eileen Cannon as the federal trial court judge has a lot of power, but Jack Smith's team has mapped out every move with other indictments that they can bring other locations, how they are going to handle it if they get a bad ruling from Judge Eileen Cannon. Folks, such a critical conversation that we all had today. And I was also following along with, in addition to those Jordy emojis in the Let's YouTube go. chat, the Midas Mighty community. There's really nothing like it. And I love when there are new people who are introduced to the community. And I see that in the chat as well. Like, I wish I've been here for a long time. What I didn't even know this existed. That's why for all of the Midas Mighty out there, yes, is it helpful that you become a member of our YouTube, which helps fund and grow this platform? Absolutely. Is it helpful if you join patreon.com slash Midas Touch to get the exclusive features at our Patreon, including being a producer, an honorary producer of the show and your name appears? Absolutely. But the most helpful thing that you can do, just talk about the Midas Touch network with people. It's, it's super simple. After the show, share this show with people, text it to people in your family, friends, coworkers, colleagues, neighbors, anybody you know, post it on whatever social media app or device that you use. Just let people know about the network. Just spread the word and let's let people know about this important conversation about truth and compassion and intelligence and about preserving and protecting our democracy. That's why we highlight the contrast here of what's going on and why we don't mince words like, unfortunately, the New York Times did in that article. What we want to show, we want to be, if we're at our best, is we are that camera that takes a snapshot and the good, the bad, the ugly, the fascist, the, we are just saying here is what this is because this is what the photograph ultimately shows us and that encapsulates what i've always wanted this network to be what we will continue to aspire to improve on and to continue to work tirelessly and relentlessly to make all of you proud to be a part of this pro-democracy community we won't always get it right we're going to make mistakes along the way, but I promise you that from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, you, the Midas Mighty, are on our minds and our democracy is on our minds and we are spending a huge amount of time researching and pulling these videos together and setting up these great interviews, bringing on new contributors, and we are inspired by you the Midas Mighty community. Here's what you can do as well. 
Subscribe on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, come on, subscribe on YouTube. But make sure you're subscribed across all platforms. Our audio podcast listenership is going through the roof right now. So make sure you're subscribed on the audio podcast as well. For all of our audio listeners, give the YouTube a shot as well. We've got a bunch of daily hits that we do on breaking news stories and events where we try to flesh out all of the issues of the day. Um, you know, and I think in a better format than the 24 hour news, which just regurgitates the same story. And it's an echo chamber of just people like yelling at each other. We try to go through the facts and provide detailed presentations. So make sure you're subscribed across everything. As I mentioned, become a member of our YouTube, buy memberships for people. If you can ask to receive memberships, no worries. If you can't, uh, check out store dot midastouch.com for all of our gear. We've got some great pro-democracy gear, 100% made in the US, 100% union made. A lot of these items are close to selling out. The No One Is Above the Law collection. I particularly love the Convict 45, Convict 45 collections, either Convict or Convict, the Hot Democracy Summer. Oh, it's a scorcher out here in California, I could tell you that. And I love my Hot Democracy Summer and our Midas Pride Search and Jordy. Ah. I love that as well. So I love all of our gear. Make sure you get your gear. Wear it proudly. Store.MidasTouch.com. On Patreon.com slash MidasTouch, you could become a, a honorary producer. Your name can appear at the end of the show. Um, and when the Midas Touch anthem plays, and it'll be there as long as YouTube is around and as long as we're on YouTube, and we ain't planning on going away anytime going soon. Going anywhere. And there's, you know, you, you could do Zoom chats where you meet us on the Patreon. You get first looks. We do exclusive podcasts on the Patreon. That's what separates the Patreon from the YouTube memberships. But they all go a long way to help grow this independent media platform. And just finally, from the bottom of all of our hearts, I mean this, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. This network, the growth of this network, none of it is possible without you. We're a member of this community that you built, and it is an honor and a privilege to be part of our, including your, our collective pro-democracy community, where we focus on intelligence, compassion, and of course, protecting and preserving our democracy. So thank you so much, Midas Mighty. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! The At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.